wanted to begin by citing something from Bhagavad Gita, from the 15th chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, because there Krishna speaks in a few verses about the moon. And as you know, Ekadasi is the 11th day of the waxing and the waning moon. So it's an astrological consideration. In Bhagavad Gita, Krishna has said in the 15th chapter about the moon a few things. He says, Nathad bhashayate suryona shasham kunapavaka He's speaking about his abode. He says it's not illumined by sun, moon, or fire. And Prabhupada gave a nice modern translation of fire, electricity. Just in case you think that by the adjustment somehow of the fire element it'll be possible to penetrate to Golok. It's not possible. And that is the real... uh, import of the verse, in a sense, Lord's abode is self-luminous, and it's revealed only to he who the Lord chooses to reveal it to, otherwise not. This is a general theological principle for Gaudiya Vaishnavism, that the Lord is known only on his terms. You know the story in Mahabharata, where Krishna was invited to Astinapur by Duryodhana, and a huge arrangement was made by the son of Dhritarashtra to greet and accommodate Krishna. Minstrels on the roadside, musicians, Brahmins singing Vedic hymns and so forth. And his idea was that he'll greet Krishna in a very dignified way and charm him and get him somehow to show favor and in this way he'd have a greater advantage in the upcoming Kurukshetra war. So. What happened is Krishna arrived there and big pompous opulent arrangement for him. He walked past it all, went straight to the house of Vidura. Vidura wasn't home, his wife was there, and she was surprised that Krishna's come to our home. Vidura, although connected with the royal family, was of course not directly connected. They so had a rather small domicile in comparison to that of Duryodhan, the direct son of the king and so she was surprised Krishna's come to our house, and then he said, uh, I'm hungry, feed me something. Meanwhile, Duryodhana had made a huge feast, fit for a king, royal cooking, the satisfaction of Krishna. He ignored it all, went to the house of Vidura, and demanded some food. I'm very hungry, she said, I don't have anything except for some bananas. So she took the bananas. He said, yeah, that's fine, give me the bananas, I'm hungry. So she was so excited that she peeled the bananas and she offered Krishna the peel and threw the banana away in her ecstatic confusion. And Krishna was eating the peels as Narada and Vidura heard that he had gone there and went to the house. And uh, Vidura remarked how marvelous it was that he would come to his house and would be satisfied just uh, with eating bananas. And Narada remarked even more so that he's eating the peels. Sometimes it is said, like, he eats the offering, even the flowers. He ate the peels because of the devotion. And he ignored the offering of Duryodhana. And it said at that time that Krishna answered to Duryodhana that why he had not come and taken the feast at his house. It's very simple because uh, you don't like the Pandavas. And the Pandavas are my devotees. So I don't like you. <laughs> it's the nature of love. So anyway, at that time, it is said that because Duryodhana couldn't capture him 
Alat means he tried to capture him anyway and tie him up so that he would not be able to participate even as the chariot driver of Arjun. So gathering some ropes, he told his men, capture Krishna, keep him here, imprison him here. At that time, Krishna manifested a wonderful form, Virata Rupa, and showed that everything is inside of me. How can you capture me? And Dhritarashtra was hearing Krishna has shown a wonderful form, and everyone is amazed. So he asked Krishna, please, because he was blind, just for one minute, give me eyes so that I can see you, see this wonderful form. Never mind that the Chatubuj and Dvibuj form of Krishna is more beautiful, even. <laughs> he didn't think like that, but <laughs> hearing about a wonderful display of Aishwarya, then he wanted to see. And what did Krishna say to him? He said that if I say, see me, you can see me. Eyes or no eyes. And if you have eyes, and I say, you cannot see me, then you cannot see me. Yoga maya samavrita, mudho yam nabhajanati, mamibhya paramavrayam. says, by my yoga maya, I am concealed. You cannot see me. Only if I allow you to see me, then you can see. I show myself to whom I want, and keep myself invisible to others. Shidamarsh, speaking about the ad nature of the Lord, beyond the perception of the senses, from that plane of knowledge that we cannot attain short of revelation, unless initiative comes from his side to allow himself to be seen, we cannot see. He said, just like UFO, UFOs, unidentified flying objects. It is said that they, they seem to show themselves to whomever they want. And when someone sees the UFO, then they run to tell their friends and bring them there, and the UFO is gone. I saw it, but they cannot convince anyone. Unless the UFO wants to be seen, he's not seen. So what happens, of course, to these people who have seen the UFOs is that they end up being thought that by their friends that they're crazy after some time. So they have to find a society of people who have seen the UFOs. <laughs> then they join that society. The rest of the world thinks they're crazy. And then they go on the rest of their life researching UFOs. Wherever there's a sighting, wherever anyone has heard or seen them, they go there and they talk about it. So devotees are something like that. If you've seen with the eyes of faith, awakened by hearing from the Vaishnava, from association, then people will think you're crazy. You want to tell them about Krishna. You have to join a society of people who have seen in a similar way and spend your life researching where he will show himself again. So the point is that not tad bhāsayate Krishna says, My abode is not illumined by sun, moon, or fire. It means that um, it's self-luminous. He shows it to whom he wants. It's not seen by sun. Sun is predominating due to the eyes. So with, it means with eyes you cannot see. With material senses we cannot see Krishna. Seven And what is the source of our material senses? That is this enjoying ego. Ahankar. When we want to be the enjoyer, then we cannot see things as they are. When this is converted to serving ego, then 
Krishna can be seen. He manifests, purifies the senses, and with purified senses he can be perceived. So not with eyes, sun corresponds with eyes. So he says, my boat is not illumined by sun, neither by moon, fire. And fire corresponds with sense of sight. Anyway, he means by senses, he cannot be seen in moon, predominates over mind. So neither by senses, neither by mind, can we understand the abode of Krishna. So Ekadasi is a particular face of the moon. So how is it by some particular astrological arrangement? One day becomes auspicious, known as the day of the Lord. And by observing it, we can see him. Once one devotee told, he was an astrologer, but a devotee. And devotees used to always ask him about astrology. <laughs> but he would give an answer of a devotee. He said, the most important planet is not in the chart, and that is Goloka. So if that planet comes into your chart, then all other planets are adjusted accordingly. So if Goloka comes, and how Goloka comes, by Harinam Sankirtan, into our lives, everything revolves around that, and our life is changed accordingly. Like palmistry, the lines on the hand, and what the Prabhupada used to say, when you clap three times, like this, for kirtan it means, all the lines change. So when this goloka comes into our life, and our life changes for the better, from material to spiritual goloka, and coming through and kirtan. And the conception of ekadasi being the Lord's day, that is also observed in goloka. Ekadasi is observed there. There, There is also actually sun and moon, but they are all devotees. Well, they are gods and goddesses, <laughs> um, but they are all devotees. So many, many positions in Vaikuntha, in Mahavaikuntha. Goloka is called the forest of Vaikuntha. Vaikuntavan, in some Puranas it is called. So they are also observing Ekadasi, but their thinking about it is different than the sadhakas. They are the siddhas, so siddhas will think of it differently than the sadhaka. I was walking with Prabhupada once, and one of my godbrothers asked, Prabhupada, is Ekadasi auspicious or inauspicious? In other words, do we observe certain practices on Ekadasi because the stellar arrangement is inauspicious and we practice certain observances to counteract the inauspiciousness or is it auspicious? And if so, why do we do things like fasting and so forth? And Prabhupada said, Ekadasi is most auspicious. It is not fasting, it is feasting. So then my godbrother said, should we chant 25 rounds on Ikadasi? Because we were chanting 16 rounds as per Prabhupada's order. And Prabhupada said, yes, you can do. <laughs> and then he said, but Prabhupada, if we chant 25 rounds, then we, our men and women will go out that much later for preaching. You can see how the devotees had a very out-of-the-book kind of conception of Krishna consciousness. What are the rules and how does it work? Not that much feeling for the whole thing. So then Prabhupada said, yes, he said, for the preacher, there are no rules. <laughs> so Prabhupada was having a little fun and turning the whole thing upside down. And then everyone was shocked. Then he turned to the same man and he said, but don't take it that you are a preacher. <laughs> So Prabhupada was a real preacher, not under any rule. That's actually the idea of Bhaktisiddhanta Sastri Thakur. He fashioned the 
Brihat Murdanga to be part of the Ragmarg, Nadvidi Marg. He reasoned that who has life, he can preach. He reasoned that who has darshan of Krishna sees that there's much to do in the world for Krishna. And so he got up from his bhajan. He was doing Mirjan bhajan, chanting three lakhs daily. And from that bhajan he got up to do his preaching. And this is how he reasoned. Who sees Krishna sees there's much to be done for him in this world, for preaching the message of Sankirtan. And he also reasoned on the other side, this will also be the ideal means for capturing the mind of the sadhaka, the ideal exercise for the siddha, both. This is the actual position of Namsankirtan. It is best form of practice, and it is the supreme exercise of the siddhas. Also in Golok, they are doing Sankirtan. Ram, Ram, Krishna, 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 Ram, Ram, Krishna. We read the other day, the cowards are singing, going into the forest and returning back. Gopi Gita is there. We mentioned that the other day also. It is said they, they got together on the bank of the Jumuna. Krishna disappeared, and what caused him to return? They did Sankirtan on the banks of the Jumuna. He came, reappeared. What kind of Sankirtan was that? Prem Sankirtan. Ngodokev Premudan Harinam Sankirtan. So this coming from there, it must be there. Narutam Thakur has said, Mahabharu has said also, what we are studying in Chaitanya Charitamrita now, as he explains his second verse of Mangalacharan, his second Namaskara verse, he will cite this. This is the means. Mahabharu came to give something, the means to attain it is Nam Sankirtan. Of course, as we develop in Sankirtan, then Smarnam will become effective automatically, augment that Sankirtan. Because Mahabharu has given Kirtan himself, in Kali Yuga, then it is the supreme practice for this age. So, in Bhaktisiddhanta Sastri had a very dynamic idea of Sankirtan, coined the phrase Brihat Murdanga. He called the sannyasis Jivanta Murdanga, living drums going everywhere. I was with uh, Sripad Parmadwiti Maharaj. We went to see one devotee on the charger on the basis of WVA, World Vaishnava Association. Maharaj dragged me there. <laughs> And Maharaj had the computer with him in a bag, and he had put some pages on the web for WVA. So he was going to convince some acharyas you should participate, and so forth. So we got there, and this acharya, he said, What is that computer? He said, That will not help you to attain Krishna Prem computer. <laughs> we respectfully listened, but we had a different idea in mind. That if Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasthi Thakur was here, he would, every sannyasi would have laptop computer and be doing Sankirtan everywhere on the internet, wherever he goes. <laughs> anyway, he didn't join WVA. So, so Prabhupada was in this Gostyanandi type of disposition for preaching. And Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasthi Thakur considered this to be part of the ragmark. He made a symbol, a logo. Maybe you've seen it. Lakshmi Narayan, Radha and Krishna... Bhagavatam on the Ragmarg side and the Pancharatriki Agamas and uh, this kind of literature on the other side and different symbols. And on the Ragmarg side he had the printing press. This is a very novel idea. This is a person who wanted to and had the power to update a tradition and make it relevant according to the so-called progress of the modern world. Religious reformers are always misunderstood by their own tradition, often, more often than not. Jesus was crucified by his own people. 
Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasthi Thakur was, if you understand what he had in mind, then you can understand, oh, be a difficult person to understand his innovations, which has given so much life to Gaudiya Vaishnavism. It's ensured the life of Gaudiya Vaishnavism in the modern world. It's made Vrindavan, for example, through his Shishya Bhaktivedanta Sami Prabhupada, an international place. And although sometimes some people criticize Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasthi Thakur and our Prabhupada, if anyone from this side due to confusion, wanders and thinks his prospect is better by connecting with some other branch. That other branch is very quick to collect up that fellow. I went and saw one gentleman some time ago last year I was here. He was uh, had some renown for being a very advanced devotee. So I thought, I'll go there. I went, I saw him, and he wanted to make me his disciple. He said, oh, you are very qualified in so many ways. He said, I cannot get any good disciples. <laughs> so many Indian people, and they are not your character, level of interest in the subject, uh, and so forth. He was very eager. I said, you should understand why I'm very eager, <laughs> where I'm getting that from. I'm already a disciple of somebody. So the standard of my enthusiasm, my understanding is attracting you. You should trace it out, where it's coming from. You want to replace that? You think that you will do better for me? Then his eyes were open to such a simple, such a simple thing. You understand? He said, I can see, I cannot capture you. Cannot capture you. I asked certain questions to see the level of his own understanding and have some harikata. He offered respect and mind to him. So we should understand that our Gaudiya Saraswat Guru Parampara has some great power, great shakti. For Prabhupada, who can preach, has some life. But as Prabhupada told this God brother of mine, but don't take it that you are a preacher and can do anything. We should also know that just as we should not imitate Nirjan Bhajan, we cannot imitate great preachers either. We should position ourselves in the preaching mission as an assistant to a real preacher. We should follow very carefully. But if he says, take grains on ecodacy, sadguru, and for higher purpose for preaching, Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur did this on one occasion. The disciple had to go for preaching. It was important to the mission at the time. And for going and traveling, you have to eat some grains. Especially if you're Bengali, you have to have some rice. We eat rice and go. On Ikadasi. So it is actually mentioned in Haribhakti Vilas. If Sadguru says to break Ikadasi, then you can break it. So you have to become acquainted with the principle of Ikadasi. And all of our devotional practices. Otherwise it is just Niyamagraha. It means we follow the rules, we don't know the meaning, that will be counterproductive as a cause of going down. So Prabhupada told it is feasting, not fasting. It is most auspicious. Ikadasi. So we have to come to the meaning of that. Ikadasi was very important to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. As I mentioned the other day, his mother, one day he approached in his childhood and asked, Mother, you please do one thing for me. She said, yes, Nimai, whatever you like. He said, Please don't eat grains on Ikadasi. Because at that time, in Bengal, only widows were thought to have to follow the Ikadasi. And women who were married and had a family and husband, they didn't. So it was like that people thought, it's a punishment. If you're a bad person, then you have to fast on Ikadasi. Because they think the widows are bad people, bad karma, inauspicious. Because your life is inauspicious, you have to observe something like that. But Mahaprabhu said no. Immediately from that day on, Sachi began to observe Ekadasi. Later on in Jagannath Puri, the devotees also had a dilemma about observing Ekadasi because in Jagannath Puri, so much prasad. How many of the 54 offerings daily and to get the Jagannath prasad, very auspicious. 
And so with Kadasini's fasting, how can we not honor the prasad of Jagannath Dev? So the question was put to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and he gave his opinion. We shall observe a Kadasi and we shall honor the Jagannath Prashad. When Jagannath Prashad comes, we will pay our Dandavat to the Prashad. This way it will be honored and we will continue to fast on a Kadasi and observe the Upavas at the same time. So we should think along these lines that we are honoring Prashad. Sehanamrita, how we should eat, but in honoring Prashad. So Mahaprabhu very much emphasized this point. Even for Ragnuga Bhaktas, we should observe a Kadasi. It is favorable, it is anukul. For Raghunuga Bhajan, we should not think, oh, Raghunuga means we will forget all of the regulations. So what is the meaning of Ekadasi then, when Prabhupada said it is feasting, not fasting? Actually, Upavas means to fast, and, and Vas means also to reside, and Upa means nearby. So Upavas means to reside near. So this principle of Ekadasi is to reside near the Lord, but it is not about fasting but about coming closer to the Lord. This is the actual heart of the idea. So we shall find every day the means to come close to the Lord. But two days have been singled out to s- emphasize this point. That is the idea, to emphasize the point. So we will call it Hari's Day, and everyone will be told to certain observances, the purpose for which is to reside closer to the Lord, to come near to Him. And when we do it and we find it is nice, then... We end up doing it every day. That is the idea. Just like they make the Lord's Day on Sunday in a Christian faith. Every day is the Lord's Day, but they make one day the Lord's Day. And at least on that day, you will observe. So the principle is to come near to the Lord. And our courtesy observance should revolve around that. In other words, if fasting is making me only go to sleep, what is the value of that? If fasting is making me proud only, then will I be near to the Lord by that? I remember residing in uh, Sri Chaitanya Saraswat Math for some time. And on Ikadasis, then we would take prasad. Of course, no grains, Ikadasi prasad. And there was one disciple of another Acharya in Gaudiya Math who had left the world and he was residing at Sri Chaitanya Saraswat Math also. And he would always observe the Nirjal Ikadasi, fasting from drink and food. But when we would sit to take our lunch on Ikadasi, then he would walk in front and chant, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, very loudly. And though he was chanting Hare Krishna, all we could hear is, see me, I am, you are eating, I am observing your jolly Kadasi. <laughs> His pride only was coming out. So what is the purpose of this? This is not bringing us near to the Lord, although he's observing the Nirjal, you understand? So we should try to understand the principle. How to come close to the Lord. And Chaitanya Saraswatmat, I told the story the other day how one of my godbrothers came there, a big man, sannyasi, and he was used to play murdanga and leap high in the sky during kirtan. So he came on the Kadasi and the Arctic was to start and he was in the Arctic playing the drum and leaping in the air. And so Shidamarj was up on his veranda where he would stay and news came, so it's the Maharaj is here and he's entered the kirtan and he's leaping in the air high in the air. And it's a codice, so everyone's observing some fasting and no one's leaping in the air. So after the Arctic, then uh, he was brought up for darshan of Guru Maharaj. And after some discussion, Guru Maharaj said, so you'll take some prasad? He said, no, Maharaj, this is a codice. And so on a codice, I am observing near Jolly codice. I have for a long time, many years, been observing this practice. So Guru Maharaj said, you will not take anything. Anukalp, something you will take. 
Well, no, a long time I'm observing Nirjal Ekadasi. He said, and leaping in the air. <laughs> Nirjal and leaping in the kirtan. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> he said, yes, uh, I, this is my practice for a long time. So you will take, you will not take anything. And then finally he said, well, it is my long practice, my vow, but Maharaj, if you want me to take something, then I will take something. Shudharmaj was very pleased. And he used to tell this story. He said, and such and such Maharaj, he has understood Vaishnavism, the principle he understood. He was ready to break his vow to satisfy me at my ashram. I wanted him to take some prasad of Radha Imagine a Shuddha Vaishnava is offering prasad humbly from his deity. And we will say, Zikadasi. <laughs> Such an opportunity to become near to the Lord, and we will pass it by in the name of observing a codice. So he was uh, intelligent enough, had enough feeling for the thing to take prasad on that day. So we should have this kind of sensibility to understand the principle. Be sharagrahi vaishnav, not baravahi vaishnav. Simply carrying around a burden of so much form that the substance is obscured. And especially as I say, this is Gostyanandi line we are in. It's all about adjusting the details for delivering the principle. We have to have some dynamic thinking if we're going to preach. Then, Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasati Thakur was prepared to serve meat even to Western people if they would come to Mayapur and hear about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. His own disciples were shocked at this idea. He said, you have to have Vaikuntha Vritti. It means like a Vaikuntha in the mind. It's anything can be adjusted from the Vaikuntha perspective all things possible. This is not an ordinary kind of devotee preacher. We come under the auspices of such a person, of Dissidanta Saraswati Thakur. So we cannot imitate him, of course, as I said, but we should know who it is we were connected with and what an extraordinary devotee he was and his followers and so forth. And keep this line of Gaudiya Saraswati Sampradaya alive with real preaching by understanding essentially the principle. So with the codice, upavas, we should observe this day to draw near to the Lord, whatever it takes. Of course, we should avoid the grains and so forth, these things, uh, those details are there. But if fasting, as I say, makes me go to sleep or makes me proud, what is the value of that? Take some prasad and chant Hare Krishna. When the moon shows this particular face on the codice, we've heard moon cannot, moonlight cannot r- reveal the Lord. Later in the 15th chapter, Bhagavad Gita Krishna also says, that I am the light in the sun and the moon. There's another way of thinking it. He's gone the opposite way. In this world, I am the light. There's light in the sun and the moon cannot reveal me, but at the same time, whatever light is there, I am that. If we think of the sun and moon in this light, then it will shed light <laughs> on the nature of Krishna's position and take us there. He says, I become the moon, and then by that I nourish the vegetables and so forth. So moon is said to have some position over influencing the juices the tides, for example, of the ocean are determined by the phases of the moon. So our body, is human body, is constituted primarily of water, of all elements constituted primarily of water. So when the moon shows this face, then the water in the body rises on a goddess and puts pressure on the senses. So tendency is there to enjoy more. So from that perspective, it seems to be inauspicious because when we are pushed for sense gratification, that is not drawing us near to the Lord. That is pushing us away from the Lord. So if we fast, then the pressure on the senses will go down and we will not be pushed away from the Lord by the influence of that phase of the moon. So from that point of view, from the point of view of the sadhaka, then it may seem that 
you got to see it's inauspicious. But Prabhupada said it is most auspicious. It is not fasting, feasting. <laughs> so for the Siddha who lives in the Aprakrita conception of the Absolute, that Krishna is like us, not Krishna's God, in Aprakrita conception of the Lord, then he appears to be like one of us. And Mother Jasoda is not thinking Krishna is the Supreme Godhead. Cowards are not thinking, gopis are not thinking like this. My son, my friend, our lover, they're thinking along these lines. So they're thinking that he's human. So they think, though, on Ikadasi, then, pressure is there on Krishna's senses to enjoy more. So we can offer him more on this day. <laughs> more prasad we can offer. We can satisfy his senses more. Although we're already giving everything, by the grace of this phase of the moon, he can take even more. So increasing the service. This way it is most auspicious. And the Kadasi is feasting for the Lord, not fasting at all. So we should try to come to this uh, Prakriti conception of Krishna. This is our ideal. First we teach Krishna is the Supreme God. But we hope in the future that people will forget that. This is our ideal. At one stage we are preaching Krishna is the Supreme God. And we to get to the stage where people will we think he's my friend. Only my lover, like this. So it was a very funny religion, turning every turning, <laughs> turning the Veda upside down. This is Vrindavan. Go look, turning the whole Veda upside down. Morning, Brahma Muhurta, most auspicious. Sadaka rises up to observe the Brahma Muhurta, bring an end to the night of his material existence. But for the Siddha, in the Nikunj, the Brahma Muhurta is most inauspicious. Most inauspicious. The sun is coming, Radha and Krishna have to part and go to their homes. And who has Tadbhav, who has developed the same, who is attached by the Bhav to the Lord and Radha, then they feel the pain that they feel also. Most inauspicious. <laughs> so this is the standard of Vrindavan, turning everything on its head upside down. Like I told that man, Naveen, who came, he wanted to know about the cosmology in the Bhagavatam. How can sun be closer to moon? I say, if you get the bhav of Sukadev, then the whole world will turn upside down. Sun is closer than moon. Everything's changed. The whole picture is changed. Madness comes. This is what we want. This kind of delirium. Mahaprabhu was delirious in love of God. Unmada. Mad. Shidamarsh was once asked by one gentleman, this is what you want. He's crying. And body is going through contortions and falling on the ground. This is your ideal. How you can pursue that? You have to look inside that. What does uh, Krishna's Kaviraj say? Bhayavisha jalahoi bitare anandamoy. Krishna premier adbhuta charita. The adbhuta charit of Krishna prem, the wonderful character of Krishna prem, is that bhaya means on the outside, it looks just like poison, burns like fire. Visha jalahoi. But bitore anandamoy. Inside it is just like ecstasy. Outside it looks shocking. Even for the sadhaka. Sadhaka, young man, at least in my country, shaves his head. No more fashions. Donnings of the simple monk's robe. And people are thinking, how horrible. Cutting off the hair and no more observing the fashions. And then certain practices you observe. Rising early in the morning, you cannot sleep late. It looks horrible on the outside. Even from the point of view of the sadhaka's life, or to speak of the siddha's life, going mad. Like Mahaprabhu, just crying and crying and crying and crying. 
I knew one devotee and he practiced Gaudiya Vaishnavism for a number of years and then he studied some higher topics and he realized the end of this is just crying. And he said, I, I don't want to, I'm not interested anymore. <laughs> Actually, he became my body. <laughs> he could not understand. He said, we are doing all this just to cry forever? How can it be? I explained to him, but <laughs> he couldn't catch it. Really. I really, I think he had made some offense to a Vaishnava. He could not understand the principle. So on the outside, it looks very disconcerting. But if we look beneath the surface, we thought Ananda White is full of joy. And material life, just the opposite. Outside, it looks good. But if we look inside, rotten to the core. Very nasty thing. Relationships just based on exploitation. That's all. They distance us from our own soul. What to speak of the Lord. Relationship based on sense gratification, that we call love. Interaction with sense objects and so forth. Looks good on the outside. Even materially, we know. Looks good, we indulge. Taste good, eat too much, get indigestion. So many examples are there. With all sense indulgence, there's a concomitant distress factor. We always think, well, the distress will be worth it. It'll be less. The enjoyment will be greater. The distress will be less. Chitraketu Maharaj in Bhagavatam wanted a son. And then Devashinard maybe came and one other, Parvat maybe. So they gave him a benediction, you can have a son. But your son will be named Harshashoka. Means your son will bring you lamentation and sorrow. He thought, anyway, I'm going to have a son, I'm going to have a son. He was the king, he had no son, the whole kingdom was upset about that. So he thought, anyway, my son will be a little disobedient, so he will cause me a little distress, but I'll have a son. So he thought having the son would outweigh any distress. But what came to pass, of course, was that the son was poisoned <laughs> by the other queens, because the one queen who begot the son was seen to be special in the eyes of the king, and so then the death of the son, which came at a very early age, caused him so much grief, far more than the, the joy of having the son. The grief came like a great tidal wave to drown out a little bit of sorrow. So this is the nature of material life. But we always think, well, it'll be some sorrow, but the joy will be greater. It was just the opposite. And in spiritual life, then little endeavor, little effort, gain is forever, permanent, just the opposite. Inside, it is wonderful. Outside, it may look foreboding. So this is the Adbhuta Charit, wonderful character of Krishna Prem. Again, the Prem is love, is a confidential thing. This is such a high thing. So outside, it hides itself. It camouflages itself. If you want to understand it, you have to pay very close attention. Like we said the other day, Nityam Bhagavata Seva. Such close attention. This is Naishtiki. Bhaktir Bhavati Naishtiki. Nastapraeshu Badreshu Nityam Bhagavata Seva. Bhagavati Uttama Shloki. Bhaktir Bhavati Naishtiki. So our bhajan should be Naishtiki. Nishta Bhajana Kriya. This kind of bhajan then, for a long time, that will bring Ruchi. Then we're safe. You get ruchi, then you know what to do. You follow naturally. But if we don't pay attention, then how will we understand? So this is our only uh, concern. Pay attention to Srimad Bhagavatam. Listen very carefully. It's all in a disguised language. If you have good fortune that you really want to know, it's a result of good association, pay attention. Then you can find out about the secret of the secrets. Radhidhaja Rajukuhyam. 
Krishna says, Rajaguyam, you think for anybody and everybody? Yes, it said Mahaprabhu gave to everybody. He made available to everybody, but amongst everybody who is understanding that, who is really interested to find out? Sudulab, Bhav Bhakti, very rare. We should be that kind of person, think. Maybe that rare person who can attain that. So days like Akadasi gives us a chance to think about these things and draw near to the Lord by having this kind of discussion. This is our whole idea, to reside near the Lord. And by that we mean service in Kirtan. How is that? Krishna says, I'm not in Vaikuntha. Neither I am in the heart of the yogis. Yatragayantimadbhakta. Oh Narada, this is where I am. Wherever my bhaktas are singing about me, I there I become present. So the kirtan of the holy name is the safest place in the world. And from kirtan, coming from Golok, through Guru Parampara, we can understand that Ekadasi is most auspicious. It is about feasting, not fasting. <laughs> Any question? All right. We'll stop there. Let us see. Rat ki jai.